Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. I can still smell the results of Kevin Godby judging the chili cook-off through my headphones. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you pre-recorded as hopefully at this point I am somewhere floating around the Mediterranean and uh, hopefully posting pictures to my uh, Facebook and Instagram. So please follow me there on this week's show. So I thought I would reevaluate traveling with pipes. And I thought I'd reevaluate traveling with pipes based off of, you know, uh, how many uh, how many days I'm gone on this trip. And then my guest is uh, Belgian-born French living pipe maker Bruno Newtons, and Bruno is fascinating to get to know. Uh, makes a pipe that is definitely got a style and uh, and an elegance to it. So you get to hear that uh, mailbag. Uh, music mailbag and rant all that coming up on this week's show uh and uh, remember if i didn't say it already you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to enjoy this fine show so uh here we go kicking off um the uh 10th year i don't know the ninth year anyway i don't know how you count that so i uh, hope you enjoyed the uh <laughs> the extra long bonus uh rich esserman reversal show that was a lot of fun and if you like that let me know and i'll uh, i'll see if i can sit down with rich and get him to come back on and maybe uh get you know some of the other um seven experts to come back on and talk to me and do that format you know kind of on a quarterly basis or something like that so just let me know if you like that uh, anyway, remember, brand new shows come out every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Doesn't matter where I am in the world, we've got a brand new show for you. So every week, and all episodes are available for download in uh, all past episodes. Also, don't forget there are other podcasts out there, other pipe smoking podcasts that if you listen to this show, you ought to listen to theirs, including uh, John David and Bo and the Country Squire. Uh, Mike is uh, back with uh, Pipe and Tamper, and he's got Jay as a partner this time. Warning, it is not safe for the workplace or the uh, delicate ears. Uh, And then uh, Sean Ream and Chris Morgan have a Beyond the Pipe podcast that's, uh, yeah, sometimes goes off Beyond the Pipe. So check that out. All great podcasts, all great fun. And uh, also, (laughs) you want to talk about a flash to the past, uh, I went back through the oompal.com uh, listing of shows and Ole Sylvester shows. So if you're new to pipe podcasts, search oompal, O-O-M-P-A-U-L. It's on his site or on iTunes and uh, probably wherever podcasts are. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the very pre-recorded Pipes Magazine radio show. And all right, so I've talked about this probably, um, I don't know, numerous times. Um, I believe uh, I, I believe the Latin phrase is uh, ad infinitum. Um, anyway, I'm practicing. Uh, not that I'm going to speak any Latin, but uh, anyway, so this trip is a, a total of 16, well, 17 nights away. And it's the longest trip that I've ever done away from home. Um, and I wanted to rethink this trip. All right. So for me, there's a couple of basic trips. There's the, uh, the weekend car trip, you know, where you, you're, you're hopping in the car. So you, so you get car, you know, car solid pipes. All right. And those are ones that have a little thicker walls and they can deal with having a window cracked and they're not going to get overheated and, and they can, you know, so, so you want to deal with that. Uh, then there's a longer car trip where you need, you know, more pipes and, 
you know, you, uh, like a like a drive from here to Walt Disney World in Florida, ten hours. I need four pipes for that drive, uh, and then once I'm down there, I need those four pipes during the trip. So, you know, again, it's a it's a hybrid of a couple of car pipes that are really good and durable, and maybe my two usual ones that are again they'll they'll take some abuse. And then there's the flying trips. Uh, the flying trips, it depends on where I'm going, but I'm, I really, unless I'm going to a pipe show, I really only need two pipes because during the day when we're doing stuff on a trip, you know, I'm not going to be able to smoke because you can't smoke inside a restaurant. You can't smoke inside here. You can't smoke inside there. So the smoking, the, the opportunities for smoking are few and far between even a, uh, uh, even a trip to Las Vegas just for fun or yeah, a, a trip, you know, wherever, as long as it's not a pipe show, uh, the opportunities for smoking are fewer and farther between. So you just need two pipes, one, you know, one or two for the day and then clean them out, let them rest overnight. You're good to go. Uh, for a long trip like this, where we're going to be on a ship and in a foreign country where, uh, again, we're going to be on a ship for 11 days and then in Italy for four days, uh, roaming around Venice. Uh, for a trip like this, well, now it's got a couple of twists to it. Because for one, on the ship, there is a indoor pipe and cigar lounge. And that will be nice to avail myself of. And because it's an indoor lounge, I don't have to worry too much about which pipe I bring there will be outdoor smoking areas and this indoor smoking area. So I want to make sure that, you know, maybe I can bring one of my, I don't know, quote unquote, nicer pipes, maybe a smooth pipe and maybe a very small, yeah, a very small leather uh, pipe rest, something that can fold down into my pipe bag. So now I'm looking at, you know, I need my, I need my two usual pipes because I can't go anywhere without them. Then I might want a little bit of an extra pipe or two because when we're out running around, uh, when we're in Venice, there might be times to sit at a table outside at a cafe and smoke. Uh, and I don't need my I don't need my real hearty, you know, regular pipes for that. I can bring one of my nicer looking pipes. Uh, so again, now I'm looking at five pipes, and the way I pack them is one: they don't go in the checked luggage; they go on the plane with me. They do not go in anything that has to go in an overhead unless they're in my little Rossi hard-sided case. So I'll put two or three bags in my, uh, in my, pipe, uh, my, my pipe bag, my man's bag that has pipe slots you know, from dark-fired leather. Uh, and I'll put two or three in that. That will never go in the overhead. And then my little Rossi case will hold two maybe three pipes in good comfort and it's hard sided and that I can put in my backpack and put in the overhead and the pipes will be protected. Now, so I've got my pipe assortment. I've got my little bowl caps. So every one of the pipes that I bring will fit one of those bowl caps. So that way I can, you know, extinguish the pipe if I need to and make sure that every pipe that I bring will fit inside my, uh, my, my daily pipe purse. Um, you know, while we're out running around at a port, you know, if, as long as it's not too breezy, I can bring out one of my nice pipes. If it is breezy, I can bring out one of my more durable pipes. So again, I'm looking at three, maybe three durable pipes and two really nice ones. And the two nicer smooths might go in the, uh, in the Rossi pipe case. Uh, the, the little zipper Rossi pipe cases are great. I will bring two tampers. One tamper goes in my pocket and the other tamper goes in the Rossi pipe case. Uh, I will bring four, count them, four, four Jeep lighters. Uh, two in my pocket, one hidden in my backpack, and one in my toiletry bag. That way I'm guaranteed that if one or two of them die, I still have two left over. All right. Uh, the only time I've ever had problems with carrying that many lighters is coming back to the U.S. and going through security at a European airport. 
And they've said, you can only have one lighter with you, sir. So you must surrender one. Which one shall it be? And I picked the one that looked like it's been used the most and surrender that one. Um, I'm going to be gone for 16 days, probably. So I'm going to bring double the pipe cleaners that I need. Uh, I'm going to be gone for you know, for 16, uh, 17 nights total, but 16 nights in hotels. Normally, I would smoke uh, 200 grams worth of tobacco in 14 days. Well, this time I'm going to bring about 250, and I know that my smoking rate won't be as much as it is sitting around the house. So I'll probably have double the tobacco that I need. But again, I'd rather have double in case one of the cans spills or something happens, whatever it is. I've got backups for it. Because when you're on a cruise ship or when you're in a foreign country that you don't know real well, uh, you can't really just get online to smokingpipes.com and have them overnight you stuff. Uh, so double the pipe cleaners. I've got 200, you know, 200 plus a few pipe cleaners. I'll probably only go through 100 of them in the whole trip at the most. But I'll have double them. I'll have double the tobacco that I need. And that way, and I'll have double the tampers and double the lighters. So that way I know that I am completely self-sufficient for any amount of time. And, you know, God forbid, for some reason, we get delayed in returning home or get extended, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I'll have I'll have extra tobacco to help pass the time with. Um, I'm also going to throw some cigars in the bag in the bag and bring them with me because cigar smoking on a cruise ship is sometimes nice and it's a little different. So maybe eight or ten cigars for the little bit over two weeks. Uh, I'll probably come back with half of them. I will not buy cigars while I'm overseas because the Cuban cigars and finding good ones is just few and far between. And I don't know the retailers and I know the cigars I have, so I'll bring them with me. And again, it'll just be something different and, uh, yeah, something to, something to pass the time. But again, so, so now I've got, you know, two or three good workhorse pipes, two nicer pipes, double the tobacco that I think I'm going to consume, double the pipe cleaners, double the tampers. Because if I've got it, I've got it. If I lose, if I would only take one tamper with me and I lose that tamper on the ship, what do you think the odds are of me finding a good pipe tamper on a ship is? Yeah, slim to none. So I just want to make sure that I've got double those in case something happens. Just, you know, just in case the tamper falls out of my pocket while we're out walking around somewhere and I don't hear it, I've got double of everything. So there's my process for packing uh, yeah, for packing for this length of a trip. Comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you are thinking of traveling anywhere, I am not booking travel anymore, but I am happy to give you advice and my opinions and uh, share my experiences. And uh, hopefully at this time, you know, I'm on the cruise and we didn't get stopped by any COVID test or any weird thing and everything went fine. So there you go. All right, in just a moment, my conversation with Bruno Newtons. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining me from a part of the world that I want to go visit someday from the from the French countryside. Originally from Belgium is uh, pipe maker Bruno Newtons. Bruno, welcome to the show. And did I pronounce your name correctly? Perfectly. Wonderful, Thank wonderful. You. All right, Good so, morning. so nice let, everybody. 
let's get to know you first. You you grew up in in Belgium, and is that where you began your interest in pipes and pipe smoking and pipe making? So I I was born so in Belgium in uh, 1975, just at the border uh, with France, and uh, I studied French literature at the university in Brussels, and I. Uh, as my first uh, experience with pipe at Brussels, it was a very bad one <laughs> because I, I took a pipe to my father who sometimes smoked pipes and I went to a tobacco shop uh, and uh, the salesman uh, sold me an aromatic I think flowered with champagne or something like that. <laughs> it was very disgusting. And I burned my tongue and I, uh, I quickly gave up the pipe. Some years after, I'm working, I'm working in a publishing house in the south of France. And the boss had the, <clears throat> his office next to mine and smoked a pipe, exclusively English brand Daniel in Daniel pipes. Mm. And I liked the smell of uh, his tobacco very much. And uh, at that time, I occasionally, but rarely smoked pipe. I was a cigarette smoker. Mm. And uh, when I moved to where well, I live today, I started to smoking pipe more regularly. And uh, five years ago, I, uh, I smoked uh, exclusively pipe. So did your did your former boss did he show you how to pack the pipe and how to smoke it correctly? Yes. A little bit. <laughs> and then the rest of it you figured out for yourself. Yes, and with a, a video on internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the new world. Yeah. Uh was it so is it always the English tobaccos that are that now that you prefer? No, I, I, uh, I smoke uh, Virginia, straight Virginia, a little bit with tobacco with Latakia, mm. but uh, my oldest oldest tobacco are straight Virginia. And let, let's back up a little bit because you grew up in Belgium. So how many languages do you feel comfortable speaking? Oh, um, I learned uh, Flemish in Belgium when I was young, but I forgot all of the Flemish language. And I speak French, uh, of course, it's my native language, and uh, a little bit English. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So your your accent sounds more traditional French to me than than anything. Yeah. But yet you have a name of where does the uh, Newton's name come from? I don't know really. It's an, all my family, my father, grandfather, etc., came from the same area in uh, in Belgium uh, at the border in with France and uh, and the Flemish area of Belgium. So I don't know, I don't know really, <laughs> but it's a Belgian name. Yeah. It, is it when people meet you in France, do they wonder, do they ask you about your name or have problems with it? No, 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 no. no? It's, uh, it's, not a, it's not particularly a Belgian name. It's a common name here in France. It's... No, it's not a problem. Uh, when I speak in France, uh, people don't say, oh, you're a Belgian. No. <laughs> they definitely don't call you an American, um, which is probably lucky. Uh, so, so when did you, so when you started on, before you made pipes, you started doing pipe restoration? Yes. In 2012, uh, a little by chance, I bought a lot of estate pipes on eBay because one of them, I, I was interested by one of them. And um, 
and uh, the other pipes uh, instead of let them in the box in the garage i restore the pipes and uh, and sell the pipes on ebay and i make a little profit oh <laughs> so i bought another pipes etc and uh, for two years i uh, restore pipes in my spare time and uh, after that uh, i met um, a pipe maker here in france his name is pierre morel yeah it's a french pipe maker since uh, 40 years and his father was pipe maker as well and uh, I went to see him uh, at his workshop. We talked a lot, etc. And while watching uh, him at work, I told me, wow, it's so cool to make pipes. I want to make that. <laughs> and um, I started to buy some tools and machines for my workshop. And uh, like a uh, sanding disc and a uh, pipe maker uh, machine. That spike maker are using uh, a lot here in France, and uh, I start to make pipes only with uh, bowls that I found uh, in the old stock in Saint Claude or uh, in the Chacom factory. And uh, in 2016, I made my first handmade pipes. Handmade pipe. It was an uh, ugly pipe, of course. <laughs> And uh, I made a lot of them, uh, which I didn't show to anyone because I was not proud of them. And uh, when you are a beginner, it's very difficult to uh, to dare to show what you do because you are always a little bit afraid of the opinion of the other people. Yeah. But if you want to, to have uh, critics, you, you have no choice. So I created my Facebook and my Instagram accounts, my website, and let's go. <laughs> and put the work out there. Uh, can you yeah. tell, uh, Pierre Morel is a bit of a, a legend in the French pipe making world. He, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Because I don't think I've ever talked about him on the show. Oh, so yes, uh, Pierre Morel is, uh, yes, a very famous pipe maker in France. And uh, he worked uh, some years with uh, Chacom, yeah. the Chacom factory. He, he made a lot of pipe of the year for Chacom. And uh, when you talk about him uh, in France to pipe smoker, everybody know, knows yeah. his, his work. And then he left. And, he left Saint Claude and moved south for warmer weather, if I understand correctly. Sorry, he left Saint Claude and moved to the south of France for better weather. And no, no, no. no. Uh, Pierre Morel still work in Saint Claude. Okay, he have his workshop in Saint Claude, and he live in a little village uh, at uh, ten minutes from from Saint Claude. <laughs> yeah. And but you work a lot for uh, other factories like uh, I don't know if you know the the, the brand uh, Courrieux in Cogolin. Yeah, it's so it's a front like um, near Saint Tropez. Yeah, the one and with the little rooster. Yeah, he made yeah. a lot of pipe for this uh, this brand. Okay. Yeah. Um, did he take you through the? Did he help you with the process of pipe making, or maybe show you some things that? You were doing wrong. Yes, he showed me the the process, but it's uh, the French process. Yeah, it's uh, not the same process that than the, the Danish of the other American pipe pipe makers. Here in France, uh, um, like Pierre Morel, he always uh, drill the tobacco chamber before shaping. Mm -hmm. It's it's the tradition because maybe because France is a uh, uh, tradition of uh, um, factory pipes. And he learned me this process of pipe making. And when I went to uh, Copenhagen uh, two years ago, I met Tom Eltang. Uh, I showed him my pipes to, to have his opinion. 
and he invited me to to come in his workshop for one week for for learn for learn some some skills. Yeah, and uh, I learned another uh, way to to make pipes, like by example, uh, make the shape and uh, build the tobacco mm-hmm. chamber after shaping. So uh, it's two different ways to to make pipes, and uh, I kept uh, a mix between the 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 two different processes. Does it depend on what type of pipe you want to make, which process you use? Yeah, but in uh, the French tradition, uh, you always do it uh, the tobacco chamber before. Yeah, always. And and the French are probably pretty right because that Saint Claude is the birthplace of the briar pipe, so yeah. they've been doing it longer than anybody else. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes. We will take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more uh, pipe making discussion with uh, pipe maker Bruno Newton. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, pipe maker Bruno Newtons of, of France. I'll, I'll just... It, I want to go and see your part of the world someday. Someday I I will get to oh, yeah, the French countryside cool. and the mountains and ah, <laughs> the wine, the cheese. Yeah, oh, the wine, the cheese, just the bread. All I want to do is go to the to the small French bakeries and get a piece of bread and some cheese and. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm now I'm hungry, and for me it's. Not even lunchtime yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for you, is it is it traditional to have a glass of wine with lunch still, or not the week? No, only the weekend. Okay, so you're not yeah. too you're not too French yet. I'm reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in your it, you have on on the the website is. Newton's pipes, N U T T E N S P I P E S dot com. Uh, you have a couple of different series. In addition to your handmade pipes, you have the vintage collection and the heritage series. What are the differences between the vintage and the heritage? The vintage and the heritage are the same kind of pipe. There are pipes made with bowls, retinate bowls from factory or from all stocks uh, that I can find in, in St. Claude. So I don't make the bowl myself. And uh, it's uh, this allows me to offer more affordable pipes. And uh, just the difference with the, with the vintage collection, it's uh, aligned with a vintage ring and uh, a mouthpiece uh, in uh, acrylic, amber acrylic. It's just a difference. It's a specific line with a vintage ring. So it has the, it has, these are these old, We in, in the US we would call them a band, but are these old metal bands and old jewelry bands yes, that you uh, found? Silver plated band, yes. Yeah. I found them in a, uh, 
what can I say in English? Uh, like a, a free market, you know? Yeah. Uh, they were they were in a box, and uh, I take them all for big pipes. Wow, I, I'm looking at them on your website, and they they are they're beautiful. And I I would imagine you only have a certain amount of them, and then once they're gone, that's the end of them. Yes. I bought uh, four years ago uh, 600 bands, and I think I still have uh, 400. Wow. And is the amber, the, the acrylic stem that you're using, it looks like amber, but it is it, are those old stem materials, or are you finding new stem? Uh, acrylic that I bought in, uh, in Germany or Italy. Okay. So it's new material, and then you hand cut the stem for yeah, it. Yeah, because it's it's very difficult to find a uh, uh, amber uh, most pieces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then they're usually very old and delicate. Yeah, I have some of them, but uh, uh, I'm a little afraid to use them. <laughs> they are very uh, fragile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I'm looking at the prices that. Uh, the uh, the vintage collection for 160 180 US dollars those are beautiful pipes and then the heritage is a similar piece of briar yeah so some of the bowls uh comes from old stock so they are for uh, some of them uh 50 uh, 60 years old Wow, and for some uh, shapes, I, uh, I I made the shapes in a factory for some models. Like the bings are, are made in a factory. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm fascinated by you going to Chacombe and looking in the corners and finding all these old pieces. Uh, does Antoine know that you come in this in there and t and find all the old wood from him? <laughs> in the beginning, I I bought some some balls uh, to the Antoine factory. Uh, now I have uh, a big stock uh, of balls like billiards. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, one year ago, just after the first lockdown, uh, I bought uh, an old stock from. Uh, a guy who, who sell the family house and he found a lot of boxes in the attic with uh, plenty of bowls. Wow. And I, and I bought them uh, and I have, I think, for uh, 15 years of uh, heritage billiards. <laughs> <laughs> and your family is okay with you buying all this old material and having it? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm looking at, yeah, again, go to the website, take a look at these pipes. They're $160, $170, and you're, and again, you're hand cutting a, a brand new stem for them? For the, for the pipe, the most piece? For the, yeah, for the heritage. I, the acrylic and ebonite's uh, most piece are, uh, I bought them uh, in Italy, and all the Cumberland stems are unmade. Wow. So, yeah. so yeah, no, that would. So maybe we better buy faster because you might run out of these too. Uh, but but again, for us for us Americans, it's got to be it. You know, we can't imagine anybody selling an old house and having blocks of briar sitting in the attic because briar <laughs> just yeah. I don't know that 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 story alone makes me uh, yeah makes me uh, want to see old houses in france um but and then you have your the final line is your handmade pipes yes. and and these are done in the in the tradition of full handmade with original stems and shapes and yes and a block of wires and uh, yes fully handmade pipes yes so when you are making the handmade pipes is there a part of the process that you like more than others or the is the the shaping part of the process because it's the more creative part of the, the, the pipe making. Uh, make a stem, uh, 
finishes uh, sanding is just technique but uh, make a, a freehand pipe sorry uh, it's more creative because you have to to find the pipes in the in the block yeah yeah that's the tom eltang line of make of finding the pipe inside the block not making a pipe yeah, exactly yeah and then you do all the stem work by your by hand and by yourself Uh, I make my myself from uh, acrylic rod or or ebonite rod of Gummerland from Germany. And we talked about the difference in uh, French pipe making style versus what the Danes do. Is there a difference in the stems and the way the French make the stem and the Danes make the stem? For the most piece, not really a, a big difference. Uh, the shapes in France, uh, we are uh, uh, passing a factory pipe, so uh, obviously in classic shapes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, I don't. I, there's not a difference in the uh, in the French process with uh, for the most pieces or uh, most pieces and most pieces. As long as it's comfortable and it fits, everybody is happy. Yeah, exactly. So when you are not pipe making, what else do you do? What keeps you busy? I know you have you have a family. Yeah, I have a family, two children, and I live in the countryside in a very old house from uh, 1781. Wow. And... Uh, I take care of my garden, my vegetable garden. I work in the mountain near the near uh, the house, and it's good. <laughs> and do you get cold weather and and snow during the winter time? Uh, sometimes in the winter we have a little snow. Uh, two years ago we have a a big snow. Uh, a lot of snow. And we we were without uh, electricity uh, for uh, five days. Wow! But uh, otherwise, it's it's cold in the winter and hot in the summer. Yes. Yeah. And then you and so in the in the vegetable garden, you're able to grow enough vegetables for the family for the for the year. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And do you have goats so that you get milk and make cheese and? No, no, not yet. No. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Too much work. I don't have time with my my job in my workshop. Yeah. <laughs> and is pipe making now your full time job? Yes. For two years before that, I was a web developer. Yeah. So... But uh, all the days on my computer were so boring, and. Uh, I stopped this activity two years ago, and I'm full-time pipe maker now. And do you personally, do you smoke your pipe all day long, or do you smoke while you work? Or I smoke all the day, but uh, I, I don't smoke when I'm working, because I uh, I don't like to have the, the pipe in the month. Mm -hmm. uh, I let him on my uh, desktop, and... Uh, I work one, two hours, and I go here for smoking uh, my pipe uh, 10 minutes and uh, all the day like that. And when you stop and smoke, do you have a cup of coffee and, and look at what you're doing? And I don't drink coffee. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Never. I drink tea. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and do you... Do your children, do they like the smell of your pipe smoke or does the pipe smoke, do they stay away from it? I only smoke in my workshop, not in the house because of the kids, of course. And um, my workshop smell tobacco, of course, but uh, ebonites and briar and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of different uh, smell in the workshop. <laughs> and when you are when you are shaping ebonite it has a smell that is not very nice oh. 
It smells like bad French cheese. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And horn, when you work uh, on the horn, the smell is uh, yeah. particular. I like it, but uh, some of people uh, don't like the smell of the horn. No, I don't like the smell of horn. But that's how we used to tell if it was horn by rubbing the stem real fast and getting it hot, and then you could smell, and if it smelled bad, you knew it was real horn. So going back to your handmade pipes, I I see on your on your website that you do some yeah, you do some stylish, some different styles and different shapes. Um is there a shape of a pipe? Is a pipe is there a pipe shape that you are trying to perfect still or maybe working on that you're that is giving you problems? Um some of, I don't like some of some shapes to make like uh, a blowfish. I don't like that. I don't know why, but uh, I don't like that. And uh, I, I like uh, pipes with very thin shanks. Mm -hmm. uh, I I have a shape that I like very much. I I named it Twiggy. I uh, you can I think you. Can, there are some of them on my website. Yeah, um, it's like a Dublin pipe with a with a very thin shank, and um, I like very much the, this kind of pipe uh, because, uh, in my opinion, it's very elegant. Yeah, and light. Uh, and uh, this uh, this pipe, I, I talked with Tomel Tang, and uh, and he told me you have to give a name to your shape. <laughs> because when you have a name to a shape, uh, the name is linked to the pipe maker. Uh -huh. Like the Eskimo, like the ballerina with Bonoth or a lot of other examples. But uh, I name it Twiggy uh, because it's very thin, like a twig. Yeah. And uh, yes. Now I can see I can see from looking on your website that there is a certain elegance that does run through all of your pipes even the uh, even the heritage and the vintage collection that it's very I would I I guess I, the best way I could say it it has a classic french elegance of simple but beautiful design Yes uh, I like the, the elegant pipes I and I like make it. Yeah. Sometimes I I want to make a a pipe with a a large chain shank or but when I work on it, it's always uh, I can uh, keep it uh, big. It's <laughs> like that. Uh, it's not your forte or your style to make a bigger pipe. Mm, no. Yeah. No. Uh, how many pipes in a year will you make between all of the all the different series? Uh, this year it will be around four uh, hundred pipes. Okay. Of course, uh, pipe from the heritage series are are faster to make. Yeah. Because I don't make the balls myself, but in in my production there. I think 50% of heritage and 50% of unmade. And do you only sell them through your website? Uh, I sell them through my website, through uh, Facebook and Instagram, of course. And I have some retailers in France, Italy, uh, Switzerland, Belgium, okay. Turkey, and one in US, tobacco pipes. Ah, okay. Well, this has been fun, but let's finish this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe, it's, uh, it's uh, a light pipe with a little tobacco chamber, like group two or three, not more light and elegant and small and yep what what is your favorite tobacco i think one of my favorite is the maclenon 14th anniversary 
<laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit, but what is your favorite drink? Uh, I live in France, so, so wine, but I'm Belgian beer and, and tea. Is there a particular type of beer being that you are from Belgium? Oh, you know, in Belgium, you have maybe four hundred, maybe more different beer. Yeah. So uh, you have some uh, uh, famous uh, beer like uh, Trappist. Uh huh. And uh, one of them is named Orval. It's a very delicious beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then I'll ask you the French question. Your your favorite wine? Oh, uh, I don't know. We have a, a lot of different very very good wines in France. Yeah. I don't have one that's uh, love more than the other. Is it white wines during the summer, and then more red wines during the winter, or? Or always red wine, or white wine, or rosé. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when it is time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, music. When I'm working in my bookshop, I always have the headphone and music. Okay. And I'm assuming as we're recording this, we're doing this on Zoom, and I'm I'm assuming you're in your workshop right now because you were smoking. Uh, yeah. Is your workshop in the in the basement or underground of the house? No, not underground. Uh, my workshop is uh, in the dependencies of my house, and uh, I see the garden from in, by the window. Ah. So it's. Uh, it looks like behind you is the old stone that they made the wall out of, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it just looks, yeah, very old world. And then my final question is: Do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Oh, uh, maybe one of them is uh, when I was uh, in Copenhagen at the Tomaltum workshop. We were with uh, some people, and uh, in two in the morning we we smoked pipes, we talked, and we we there was Pink Floyd in, at the radio, and we are <laughs> very good in the workshop. Yeah, if you spend time with Tom Eltang, it's a lot of late night time. Yes. Yeah, not a lot of morning time, but anyway. Bruno, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for joining us, and uh, keep making these beautiful pipes. Thank you for having me, Brian. And we'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the way pre-recorded Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, go to Bruno's website. Check out those pipes. There's a couple on there that I really like. And for some reason, I am really struck with the bands that he's done, the, the, those old bands that he found at the, uh, at the yard sale. So check those out. All right. For music, um, not much pipe smoking related because uh, Maurice Chevalier, the greatest French entertainer of all times, uh, actor, singer, dancer, songwriter, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I did see, I did find a picture of him smoking a pipe when he was much, much younger, but then uh, switched to cigarettes like many people did. Uh, anyway, uh, the connection that, uh, that I found was that uh, the last thing that Maurice Chevalier did was for Disney, and it was the title song from the movie Aristocats. So uh, it's kind of fun, not real serious, but you get to hear it now. 
Which pet's address is the finest in Paris? Which pets possess the longest pedigree? Which pets get to sleep on velvet mats? Naturellement, the Aristocats. Which pets are blessed with the fairest forms and faces? Which pets know best all the gentle social graces? Which pets live on cream and loving pats? Naturellement, the Aristocats. They show aristocratic bearing when they're seen upon an airing. An aristocratic flair in what they do and what they say. Aristocats are never found in alleyways or hanging around the garbage cans where common kitties play. Oh no! Which pets are known to never show their claws? Which pets are prone to hardly any flaws? To which pets do the others tip their hats? Naturellement, the Aristocats! Bearing when they're seen upon an airing, an aristocratic flair in what they do and what they say. Aristocats are never found in alleyways or hanging around the garbage cans where common kitties play. Oh no! Which pets are known to never show their claws? Which pets are prone to hardly any flaws? To which pets do the others tip their hats? Mais naturellement, oh boy, mais naturellement, oh naturellement, the Aristocats. And as a little bit of trivia, Maurice Chevalier was the inspiration for how the character Lumiere was drawn in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, even to the point where uh, Lumiere's candelabra head kind of tilt had a tilt to it, just like a. Monsieur Chevalier wore his boater's hat. Three little words. You got mail. And in the mailbag, if you have a comment or question, you can email them directly to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page, just like Dino and Casey Ghost do every week. And uh, because we uh, did a uh, Rich Esserman mailbag last week, well, this week we get the mailbags from the show with uh, Jess Steer on, so that's going back to, uh, what is that, show 470. And Dino writes uh, an interesting conversation with Jess, who, like some of the other novice pipe smokers, had a wonderful backstory and a very good start on his journey to becoming a pipe man. Uh, Dan might be surprised that for once I was rather underwhelmed by the music choice. I have a good trip to my parents' homeland, Greece, and my wife's father's land, Italy, and thanks for an always entertaining show, Dino. You are welcome, and uh, uh, you know, Dino's name is not really Dino, it's uh, Constastupalopoulos and something like that, so that's why he goes by Dino, but um, I can tell he's uh, well-fed from the really good food. And then Casey Ghost writes, uh, like you, I really hate the limited edition blends that they are coming out with. I find them all to be marketing a uh, marketing ploy to get us to buy this tobacco. There's no reason to do this other than to them something to hype. Uh, they all have plenty of good blends. There's no need for a special release, which isn't special. Unless it's really special and you don't have that much tobacco, but that's just me. Uh, and then uh, Dan goes on to write, Really bad cheap cigars. We've all been there. Man, when I was 17, I loved Swisher Sweets. Like Jess, I really detest Haunted Bookshop. Uh, it's tough to smoke around the youngsters. When I was young, it was no problem, but today it's really tough to talk to talk yourself into it. Uh, I'd play a mandolin and join a traditional bluegrass band. No money in it, of course. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I'd play guitar and tour with Harry Connick Jr. Uh, and then uh, Dan writes, uh, the music was beyond underwhelming. Dino was right. <laughs> aren't, and then he said, aren't spammers a trip? Yeah, they are. <laughs> I got a couple more this past week, too. So 
<laughs> Again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And don't forget the uh, Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers core show event is coming up this weekend. It's uh, October uh, 1st and 2nd in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Hope to see a lot of pictures from there. Hope they have a great event. And then also uh, November 6th in uh, Dallas, Texas, the Texas Pipe Show. I guess it's in Fort Worth technically, but you can go on their website or Google search them and you'll get all the details for that. I uh, hope you uh, hope those shows are all great for everybody. Hope to see you all at a future pipe show. Uh, can't wait. God, I hope Chicago happens this year. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Rant time's coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. take this time to uh, shout out or rave to the uh, a couple of uh, middle managers at the Disney stores so as uh, many of you know my uh, my my Christmas time part-time job from last Christmas uh, finally ended and my employment with the Walt Disney Company is no longer it ended on September 18th in the last two months though I had the opportunity to reach out to two different uh, market managers is what they're called so in my store there was an assistant manager and a manager and then there was a area manager and then there was a market manager and these market managers might cover you know 10 12 uh, uh, 10 states or something like that yeah whatever they were they were kind of spread out so I had the opportunity to reach out to two different market managers with some I don't know opportunities for improvement and when Disney says that they have an open door policy, those market managers phone numbers are blatantly posted for everybody to reach out to. And guess what I did? And both times, both times I actually spoke to that person that day and then within 48 hours had a resolution to the issue that I was pointing out. So. You know, the Disney stores, one of the reasons they're so successful is because of the people at the uh, field level that you know, made them what they were. And the person that decided to close them is not at the field level and probably will be fired in a year or two. And then they'll start opening Disney stores again in two or three years. But that's just my opinion. And you know what we all say, I am the leading expert on my own opinion. Uh, but... Both times, both market managers were really kind to me and really responsive, and that's one of the reasons why you know Disney hires the best and has the best people and stays a decent company, although they do some stupid stuff like closing all the stores. Uh, anyway, uh, last week I missed our annual thank you to our show sponsors and advertisers, so thank you to Phil Morgan and Missouri Meersham for all their support over the years. Thank you to SmokingPipes.com, Savinelli, and Cornell and Deal for all their support over the years. And every time I hear Jeremy blend, uh, Jeremy Reeves, I keep thinking, yeah, I want to be a head blender too. But, uh, you know, they support the show. They're the ones that uh, make the show keep coming out week after week. So when you're making a purchase, please consider them. Uh, Thank you very much to Bruno for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time.
bombadida, 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 clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather I'd say you've had enough. <laughs>